welcome to Professor Dave Debates. Hey everyone, welcome to Professor Dave Debates. Today's episode is something I'm pretty excited about because it's been all over the news. It started with Weinstein and then one by one we had Spacey, Louie, uh, so many others. People are coming forward about predatory behavior. So uh, it's evident that this, this is something that society needs to be talking about right now. And uh, I think uh, the most relevant is probably the most recent, this uh, controversy over Aziz and uh, this girl and the uh, the date, uh, the alleged non-consensual behavior. Uh, I think this is maybe the most important one for us to discuss because it is the one that most of us are potentially adjacent to this kind of behavior, either potentially perpetrating it or or falling victim to it. Because while comparatively fewer people are going to potentially be involved in rape, uh, I think it, many of us run the risk of this the these more subtle behaviors, uh, this slight transgressions of 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 uh, consent. And so it brings us to this topic of what what is consent uh what is okay to do is it yes until no is it no until yes um very obviously uh aziz uh, at least allegedly claims that uh he was not aware of any transgression of consent uh the girl on the date claims that there was a transgression of her consent so it's something that we we definitely need to talk about so to help us sift through uh this this muck uh is our expert rye and rye is an expert on all things regarding relationships sex sexuality fetish and kink and uh, he has a very uh, academic and in- intellectual approach to discussing all this kind of stuff which i've always found uh refreshing i've known uh, him he's been a friend of mine for years and uh, i really learn a lot every time we talk about anything regarding gender or sexuality. Um, there's just there's so much to learn from a biological perspective, from a psychological perspective, and so I really wanted uh, his take on this. And so we're going to be talking about uh, consent absolutism versus uh, relativism. So is it I said you can, so you can, or are there more subtle degrees uh, going on? Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna debate about this. And uh, for our moderator today. Uh, giving us the female perspective is uh, comedian Erica Rhodes, very funny comedian. You've seen her on Modern Family, you've seen her on Veep, you've seen her on Comedy Central's At Midnight, and so she's uh, doing a lot of stand-up as well all over town. She hosts uh, a show, a comedy show, the last Monday of every month at Open Space called the Nightlight Comedy Show. So the next one is coming up uh, February 26th. And uh, as far as Rye goes, if you want to uh, get involved with some more of the things that he offers, he uh, uh, has a website called polytalks.com, P-O-L-Y talks, and then also nonmonogamyconsultant.com. He offers services uh, consulting for those who wish to go beyond the monogamy that has been prescribed for society and uh, sort of explore some alternative options. Um, and he also is hosting a, uh, an event coming up actually this Sunday, the 11th, uh, 2 to 4 p.m., uh, at the Gateway in Los Angeles called Dating in the Me Too Era. So that is actually very, very related to what we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, why don't we go ahead and get into this episode? Hi, I'm Erica Rhodes, and I'm here today with Dave and Rye. We're going to be talking about sexual consent going to be a very interesting conversation. Dave, do you have some opening statements? Yes. So today I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a consent uh, absolutism approach. I, I think it can be a tricky subject, but I think that if you are given verbal consent to do something, that that should suffice and that every all these issues we have about, you know, the consent wasn't, f- uh, imp- you know, I- intended to be a certain way or something like that. I think that people's word is kind of what we should be going on. So, Rai, what do you think? I think there's a lot of validity to that, especially in a legal sense, because at some point we have to codify things in order to punish them, to prevent them. But the nature of it is that you don't really know what's going on in the other person's mind. You're assuming that their words are to be believed and that they are understood mutually. So if the two of you have a misunderstanding of what you even consented to, then there was no consent. Mm -hmm. Mm. And in that way, it gets into relativism versus absolutism. Got it. 
Can can you highlight what some common misunderstandings of these type might be in your personal or anecdotal experience? Sure. Uh, Dave, I'd like to touch you. Can I touch you? What way would do you want to touch me? <laughs> right? You've already got to clarify. Okay. Had you said yes, right. and I assumed, and we assumed, what touch means, mm-hmm. now we're into a, a, a very moral gray area. I see. Because maybe you thought I meant handshake. Okay. I reached out my hand to shake your hand. And I said, may I touch you? And you thought it meant handshake, but then I did for the... Uh, went Aust- for the genitals. <laughs> the Australian under. I went down under. <laughs> to the undercarriage. Or emotional touching. Ooh. What does that Can mean? Can I touch you? Like, oh, I feel touched. Like, through yeah. words. <laughs> or, or, or like telekinetically or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Who knows what touch even means anymore? I'm a little touched in the head after that comment. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already exposed a, a whole landscape of, of <laughs> m- miscommunication that we could delve into. Uh, wh- where should we start, I wonder? We could start with the way... Cosby? Cosby. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room. It must be addressed. <laughs> well, there was the m- recent mistrial. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, uh, uh, a hung jury. Uh-huh. The puns write themselves. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And now there's going to be a retrial at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get put in jail about it for it. Well, there's a certain amount of money that if you have more than that amount of money, you just kind of don't go to jail ever. Oh, really? I wonder. It just seems that way to me. It's unfortunately being painted as a race issue, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where black men get punished and tried harsher than white men. Mm-hmm. There's there's specific cases where um, the same exact crime, similar similar circumstance, similar age. The only difference was race. You know, we're talking about college mm-hmm. students where the white man gets three months of jail and the black man gets twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely indicative of something uh, deeply rooted in the way we view justice and how it relates to race and. Well, unfortunately, that's a whole podcast unto itself. We're getting into intent, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, people's intent are perception. Like, what is the intent of Bill Cosme? Mm-hmm. What is the intent of those two uh, other cases, you know, where it was the three months and the 20 years? Uh, a lot of times, we're trying to figure out consent. We're trying to understand the mutual intent of each person. Mm-hmm. 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 And does intent even matter? Damages occurred... You know, when someone steals a car, do we worry about the intent of the theft, Mm -hmm. of the thief? Or if someone steals a loaf of bread, does it matter if they're stealing it to feed their family or if they're just greedy assholes that want some bread? Yeah, Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. So if my intent is to give you pleasure, Mm -hmm. but the result is that I violated your consent. Right. Because you may not have all the information, you may be engaging in something that would typically be pleasurable to somebody, but may trigger somebody some kind of trauma. Yeah, I mean, everything is common at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, let's start with that, right? Um, do, do you believe, as I do, mm-hmm. that consent violations are happening constantly? I think so. I mean, uh, it, it, whether they're reported or not, right? Well, I'm, I'm expanding it to even within consensual relationships, there can be momentary violations of consent. Mm-hmm. There can be coercion. Marital rape, things like this. Right. There can even be just misunderstanding, which once somebody says, hey, I didn't like when you did that, they go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then they say, you're forgiven. But there was something to forgive. Mm-hmm. So what are some of these boundaries that need to be set and what is, what is a good way... Uh, to, to go about setting these boundaries in a clear way? What are some challenges that are associated with setting these boundaries? First is communication on the subject at all. There's a lot of discouragement from even talking about it. Um, you know, it's seen as unsexy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You rarely see in a narrative, in a film, in a romance novel, where someone says, do you consent to intercourse with me? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and now you're seeing people actually fetishizing consent in that way oh, and really? saying, 
wow, that is so hot that you wow, asked. Wow, thank you. Yeah. That was so clear, <laughs> and I feel accepted and loved, and yeah, mm-hmm. that turned me on. There's right. something about the word consent just in general that it's just unsexy. doesn't <laughs> sexy at all, just the word. Yeah. Like, and but then the, then the varying degree to which people want to be dominant or submissive. Some men or women uh, wanting to be, you know, dominated in that way. I, I just watched Blade Runner again uh, yesterday, and there's this scene where <laughs> Harrison Ford like goes to kiss. Um, I forget her the character's name, the Sean Young character, and she like doesn't want to kiss and then he like she starts to run away and he goes and he slams the door and he grabs her and kisses her and then he makes her say uh you know say that you want me or say kiss me that's hot this okay now see that's that's very interesting to talk about because that i mean a lot of people would be like that's well that's what like i have a pet i have a pet peeve where i hate if a guy asks me if he can kiss me because Mm -hmm. it first of all it ruins the moment yeah second of all i feel like if they had to ask there's already doubt enough mm-hmm. that may, I probably don't want him to. And doubt is unsexy. Yeah. And so it's like, if you think I want to kiss you, just kiss me. Mm-hmm. Or if try. If you think I, I don't, then just don't. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, can I kiss? Because then it just ruins the moment. If I did want to, now I don't want to. To play devil's advocate as, yeah. as a naive <laughs> man, uh, yeah. I cannot count the number of situations I've been in where I have no fucking idea really? if, if a girl wants me to kiss her or not. Really? It's really true. And I've been very surprised in the past both ways, you know, thinking that I'm pretty sure I don't like I don't think this is so happening. So do, do you ask a lot? Do you? Uh, no, I don't think well, I you have know, asked. Like if they turn away, then they didn't. You know what I mean? Like you could just. Exactly. I mean, that's really more my perspective is just you can kind of try and, and just be very quick to go. Well, OK, sorry. That wasn't yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, no I worries. actually do think it is interesting how like. The, the challenge is being a guy because I think mm-hmm. we, we talk so much about the challenges of being a woman and how difficult that is but it's like guys are really expected to be very you know kind of aggressive mm-hmm. you know they're expected to dominate they're expected to like make the first move and everything so I think that's an interesting challenge where now you have to almost do both like you have to be like am I doing too much but I have right. to but I'm not supposed to but like I feel like it must be like yeah. walking on eggshells now you don't want to put on a vibe of not asking for consent you know right you but don't at the want same to time you violate. still want to be a man yeah yeah whatever that may be in yeah whatever that age. means yeah. yeah there was an incident in australia and you can look this up in google under the wolf or the wolf fetish mm-hmm. specifically and this was a guy known as the wolf and the fantasy that he created was i know how to violate you in the ways that you enjoy And he did this repeatedly, and there was a lot of online chatter among his communities about how amazing he was Mm. at taking women to this extreme place where he knows intuitively exactly the aggression that you want, the seemingly horrific acts that you really deeply desire, and a lot of positive stories. But all it takes are a few negative stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he finally got arrested. Well, hence the safe word or something like that. Right. He doesn't do safe words. Wow. He doesn't. I mean, and he he brags openly yeah. about how extreme he's going to take these things. It's tough because I could see the validity in, number one, women wanting something like that. And number two, the skill associated with being able to read subtle cues in someone's behavior mm-hmm. that would mean kind of I, I am liking this despite the fear uh, that you're seeing you know but just at its core th- that disgusts me you know what I mean <laughs> you can't do yeah. that you cannot yeah. do that kind of stuff you know and, and, if, and if we flip it you know uh, in a patriarchal society we have to consider the flip on this I think that the majority of men are actually submissive I mm-hmm. think the majority of them really oh yeah I identify that way if wow. I'm being honest I'm pretty submissive Think about how many femdoms, dominatrix, dungeons there are. That's true, they like... Who's paying those women? Mm -hmm. It's not other women. It's men. Mm -hmm. It's men going to the dungeons, paying for this service, often in secret. Yeah. How how do we differentiate, though? Because I do identify as slightly submissive, but I I have zero interest in kink and BDSM. What you're saying, if you break it down into BDSM, right... Mm-hmm. You know, you've got bondage and discipline, mm-hmm. dominance and submission, which are their own things. Right. And then you've got 
sadomasochism. So what you're saying is you're not particularly interested in sadomasochism or bondage and discipline, right. but you are interested in dominance and submission. To an extent, yes. And, and in those things, they used to actually be separated more often. People would say that I'm into BD, I'm into SM, I'm into DS, mm-hmm. and those communities joined forces, and they started using a, a combined six-letter acronym. So there's four letters, but there's six words that it's representing. These acronyms, man, they're growing all the time. <laughs> When, when are we going to stop with uh, adding letters to LGBTQIA? <laughs> like, can we just make a word? <laughs> I'm into the need to spearhead this right We here. just need a few vowels. That's it. I, uh, I'm really into the TLA. Okay. Three-letter acronym. Oh. Talk to you later. Wait, what's TLA? Three-letter acronym. Nice. Oh, nice. That's good so one. meta. That's yeah, such a good meta. One. <laughs> there's, there's a new one. You know, this debate is, is vicious right now among <laughs> the communities that it involves and the public. Of LGBTQIA plus. Right. What's the plus? Whatever else belongs in right. there. So why can't we just do L plus? <laughs> yeah, just L plus. <laughs> or just plus plus plus. plus. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know it really started with with LG lesbian and gay and that yeah, was what it was it about. There. And then what's why B is again? that different though? Why bisexual? Can't, oh, bisexual. Yeah. And then oh, tranny. Well, let's put it this way: um, if you're a lesbian. You really don't need to a, go to a gay male bar to find partners. You're mm-hmm. not going to find them, mm-hmm. right? So it was a lesbian bar so that you could find your people. Mm-hmm. It was a gay male bar so you could find your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what is a gay man doing in a lesbian bar? It's just interesting because I've always taken the word gay to be synonymous with homosexual, which would apply to women and men. You've got to look at the history of these words, especially mm-hmm. with the growing communities of the 50s. It's a really it's a por- post World War II dynamic. Okay. You're like if you if you try to find these communities prior to World War II, it's going to be difficult. To to bring it back to consent, now that we're talking about these uh, kind of alternative uh, sexual identities and and gender identities, are there any issues of consent that you think crop up very specifically or more commonly in these kinds of communities? Yes, they differ greatly, and and that's where relativism really comes into play when it comes to consent. Okay. You can think of, say, let's, let's talk about, f- just for two seconds, the opposite, the machoist of manly heterosexual jackass culture. Mm-hmm. You've got pranks where they're purposely violating each other's consent mm. consensually all the right. time. <laughs> like, those guys know what they're in for. The jackass thing with the, you know... Cutting each other's hair and <laughs> wake up with a fish on your face, yeah. you know, wake up, you know, stapling each other's butts Ew. just out of nowhere with a staple gun. I've always been perplexed by it. I mean, I've never yeah, I don't get that at all. I don't really. None of them are claiming that they were violated, mm-hmm. even though they're shrieking in fear and pain. And 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 that point was just to illustrate yeah. how extreme it can be, because there's a community that I'm a big part of called Sex Positive. Los Angeles, and you really should ask permission for hugs. Mm-hmm. Like really? If, if you don't, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You'll get called out eventually. Did you guys see um, Kesha trying to hug Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. That was one of the funniest things He's I've like, seen no this year. no thank you. No thanks. No thanks. I don't know that person. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then they're like, it's Kesha. And he's like, well, I wish so her what? all the best. <laughs> <laughs> he really handled it magnificently. I think he was completely validated. Uh, it was totally valid to not want a hug from a stranger. Yeah. And also and she had sort of that vibe of like, I'm so Hollywood. Like I hug everybody. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm real. Yeah. And I hug people I know. It's fine to <laughs> want to hug everybody. It's yeah. fine to walk around at a festival with a free hug sign and hug everybody that you want. But it's also fine to not. Yeah, hugs. to not to say no thanks. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, in Europe, <laughs> mm-hmm. the custom is a double cheek kiss. Oh, exactly. yeah. One on each weirder. side. Yeah. And it's different. Every culture and it subculture really has different consent. It it is a, like I, I consider myself pretty liberal, and I, I don't like I, things don't really get under my skin. But like I have a good friend whose mother um, insists on kissing on the mouth oh. on for the mouth. all greetings on the really? mouth. 
and European I, or no, no, it's she just this is what she does, and and I don't want to do it. And are you I, sure it's everybody or everybody, just you? everybody? No, well, no, no, you are very no, no, kissable, everybody. Dave. Well, you know, I'm I'm a darling fellow, but I'm gonna blame you for that. But no, it's tough. Kidding. So I, you know, after it happened a couple times, I just sort of decided I don't want that, and I didn't Maybe say anything. Maybe what you were wearing was asking for it. That's, oh, oh, I do. I, I really want to get into that kind of stuff yeah. too. The victim blaming, but, uh, but but the solution for me was I just go I veer. So uh, oh, like yeah. hard left, I just go real hard left, and like, if she grazes the cheek, it's fine. But it's just strange. Like it's it's that kind of thing where you almost want to say something. We're just like uh, I don't I don't want to do that. Yeah. But you also uh, what uh, you know? There's part of me that's like, well, I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to embarrass anybody. What are what are some more serious violations of consent that go unchecked for this reason? If I don't want to embarrass anybody, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know. I think when you're talking about it in the context of a very serious relationship, it's far more likely Mm -hmm. to happen. Because if you say no to your partner in public, what does that mean for embarrassment? Your partner wants to kiss you. You don't feel like kissing at that moment. You even just pull away and everyone sees this moment. And how does your partner handle it? How do they feel? Public embarrassment is a very real fear. Mm Mm-hmm. We should work on diluting that a little bit. I feel this. This we're we're so image obsessed. You know what I mean? No, who? What will people think? And uh, you know, consider a marriage proposal in public. The whole point is often in public, yeah. and now you've got this whole crowd saying, "Say yes, <laughs> say yes." I mean, talk about public a lot of pressure, coercion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we can assume. That they've already talked about this a little bit, and maybe sometimes, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know. That's it's interesting. I, I I find so many aspects of marriage and these kinds of things archaic. Like my wife and I, we didn't. I didn't propose. Nobody proposed. Really? No. So how did you get married? We how'd decided you? to get married. I, to, I we both and the the concept of the engagement ring that's three months salary and all these things. We just yeah. I don't get it. And I don't want to do things just because this is what we do. You know what I mean? I just don't. But you did want to get married. Yeah, we decided to get married, but we yeah. talked about it and said, hey, you know, I think this this is good. We should this would work out. Let's yeah. do it. You know, I just, you know, you know, marriage stats keep improving mm-hmm. much to the. Really? Mm, oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the peak of divorce was the 80s. Uh, that's when. I mean, the I chances thought it was getting worse and worse. Oh no, because oh. because people are making uncoerced decisions. Mm. Exactly, it's not so much the pressure of you got to marry when you're 22 or whatever. Um, maybe fewer. Um, well, Don't certain you think cultures fewer are people are getting married. Though? That's right. So it's like that's <laughs> true. Yeah, mm-hmm. the success rate would be increased if the numbers are. Less. Yeah, you, you got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, if people in 2017 are deciding to get married, they really want to get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at least not, in America. It's, yeah, yeah. We do yeah. have to limit it based on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking about arranged marriages in other countries, you know, mm-hmm. although the stats on modern day arranged marriages among adults, I'm not including child forced marriage and all that, right. but they're pretty surprising mm-hmm. that when people are in arranged marriages, they tend to be very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've Oddly heard enough. that. Yeah, but but to your point, um, yeah, uh, less people are getting married by percentage, mm-hmm. and when they are getting married, they're waiting till later in life, like mm-hmm. thirty, thirty-five, forty. Yeah, and so when That's they do get married, they're really happy about it. Yeah, which is. I think a key thing is it, it used to be the case, maybe when there's a little bit more religious influence in the decision to marry, that you sort of marry the first person you have sex with or are going to have sex with or date. And then I think with a little bit of more modernity here, we're sort of getting those bad relationships out of the way first, mm-hmm. figuring out who we are and what we want, and then f- really waiting until a relationship comes along that is really solid and then marrying that person Instead of just like, well, you know, we, you got to be married to have sex. So and I want to have sex. Yeah. So let's get married. I think in support of religion for a moment, uh, a shared culture gives you a real understanding of what you're getting yourself into. When I meet someone who's not religious, I have no idea what we have in common. There's mm-hmm. a lot to talk about before I have any idea. Whereas if you have a, a, a shared religious view 
and, and a social view based on that religious view, there's a lot in common instantly. Yeah. Are you religious? I used to be very religious. Oh. Um, I left the church a long time ago. What but kind I, of? I almost became a Catholic priest. Oh, wow. And, and so what... That's a, another topic of consent is <laughs> priests. Oh, I see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't hurt me. And, and, who, and who is capable of consent? At what age is one yeah. capable oh, of consent? Oh, that's a good question, I think is a good too, one too yeah. is age. Yeah. It is. And, and if we look at just the Abrahamic religions, being Christianity, uh, Judaism, and Islam, you're going to see a lot of strange things regarding consent and children in all three mm. of those religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when it comes to Judaism, you've got issues in the news of babies dying from contracting herpes from the traditional Ooh. bris. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. From That's awful. From the instrument used? <gasps> oh or I, I don't understand. It's much worse than yeah. that because the, the most traditional Hasidim suck the blood <gasps> with their lips. What? Yeah. What? You got to Google it. I'm not making <laughs> that up. You have just Dave's blown two minds. Just like... Yeah. That's the face <laughs> I picture when the, the woman tries to kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> you make that Urgh. face like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay. And, and this is a practice that's been going for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And there's now a movement to instead use a pipette, mm-hmm. which now eliminates this danger. Mm-hmm. If, if a baby contracts herpes, HSV-1 or HSV-2, there can be mental brain damage. Oh also, God. what's this rabbi doing contracting herpes anyway? Well, he's... Uh, that's not very... Uh, a lot of kissing can okay. pass oh, really? it along. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have oral HSV-1, mm-hmm. and I get outbreaks a couple times a year. And when I don't have an outbreak, I'm not particularly contagious. But I didn't just get it from thin air. I got it from kissing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where really? I Really? Just kissing? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get it from sharing a cup. Oh. My saliva is where it's located, oh. and the skin on my lips. How how does that uh, get incorporated into consent? How much information must go into uh, requesting or providing consent? It's hotly debated um, among people who have it and people who don't. Um, the stats vary wildly, but something like 20% of Los Angeles folks have symptoms of HSV-1 oral herpes, mm-hmm. 20%. Really? Uh, and, and so you can assume that if you've kissed five people, <laughs> there's you a got good it. chance well <laughs> that you've been exposed right. uh, and lots of times the immune system fights it right off but yeah I do my best to bring it up before I kiss someone you know if they just kiss me out of nowhere like that uh, mother you mentioned that's true man she's probably got it uh, oh geez <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> maybe maybe i mean some of us are asymptomatic too right. which is ideal it's in your blood but you don't have symptoms well yeah that's that's what i understand hsv1 to be or which one is the What's one that HSV1 like well 90 percent of people have which one is it well it's hotly debated so mm-hmm. there's herpes simplex virus one mm-hmm. hsv1 and hsv2 uh, if you go back to about the 70s, most of the time HSV-1 was oral and HSV-2 was genital. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much across the board. Today, a lot of people are getting HSV-1 genitally. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we're having a lot of oral sex nowadays. Mm-hmm. And when I go down on a girl, uh, uh, a woman, I am exposing her to that potential. And she could contract HSV-1 genitally. And so way before it gets to that point, I'm going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's th- there's the other side of this to devil advocate my own point here. There's a growing belief among professionals and educators and people that have herpes orally that because it's so ubiquitous, because most people that have it don't realize they have it, because cold sores are generally HSV one, but we go, oh no no, I don't have herpes, I just have cold sores. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thinking that it's not worth mentioning unless you're having an outbreak. How uh, do you test for? How do they test the? Um, they don't oral kind. They don't. So you don't know. So it how do you know if you have it or not? Is it blood right? Well, if or, you or urine, I don't remember. If you have an outbreak, you can swab the outbreak and test that. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you're not having outbreaks, you could test the blood, but the stat you were talking about ninety percent, eighty percent. That's from the blood test. Mm-hmm. 
if you go to Planned Parenthood right now, you, Dave, mm-hmm. if you go there right now and say, I would like my blood tested for HSV 1 and 2, they'll probably say no. Why? I don't understand, yeah. Because they don't want a public epidemic perception. They don't want panic. Mm. But what's, what is there to really panic about, as particularly as one is asymptomatic? There is not much to panic about. It's just a skin condition. Right. Unless you're a baby, and now it's going to be brain damage. Oh. But not if you have a baby. No, the baby will be fine. Oh. Yeah. No, it's, it's when, you're, when you're actively exposing. But aren't they, I mean, are they allowed to just say, no, we can't test you for that? I mean, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. They'll highly discourage you. You have wow. to really strong arm them. And you can go to other places. You can go to your, your general practitioner. Mm-hmm. You can go to, oh. you know, places yeah. where you can say, I demand a blood test. But in general, you know, Planned Parenthood is working off of donations and minimal dollars from the federal government. And but what's the treatment for it? Oh, you have the or- oral kind. It depends on the seriousness of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some doctors, if you're having very infrequent and mild outbreaks, uh, they recommend supplements like lysine and folic acid mm-hmm. and certain foods that might trigger it. Um, if you're having more brutal outbreaks or more frequent ones, acyclovir is a common one. What's that? Um, it's commonly known as Valtrex, but that's kind of an o- outdated word. Um, that's just the name of the drug as opposed to, no, it's specific for the herpes virus and it can work in a different, in different ways. Like you could take the pill every day as a preventative, almost like, uh, the way women might take the pill to avoid pregnancy, Mm -hmm. or you can take it like, uh Oh, I feel it coming on. I feel the earliest stages and you can give yourself a a mega dose of acyclovir and it can prevent the outbreak. Oh, wow. or, or greatly reduce it from, say, 10, 12 days to two days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, back to consent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when someone violates my consent by kissing me out of the blue and I didn't have a chance to tell them? Yeah. Am I now obligated to tell them this After? information? Yeah. That's a gray area, right? When someone's when someone violating someone else's consent unknowingly violates their own consent. Yeah, uh, we can take it even harder. Let's say that it is a sexual violation, rape situation without a condom. And the person who was raped has HIV. (gasps) And now the rapist is contracting HIV. Oh, right. (laughs) Most a lot of women would be just like, serves them right. Karma. And it I could go either way. Wrong either, it yeah. could go either way, though. We could flip the genders, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she's obligated to tell him. That. Let's let's flip it though. Let's say that, uh, that he, uh, other people might be. Well, if you're going around raping people, I suppose you wouldn't really think twice about raping them with AIDS. Yeah, it's either, like you so. you should know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not your. If you're <laughs> raping someone, that's violating. Be their, a responsible rapist. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> But I'm not. Yeah, but you really think a victim has to tell the rapist that they have HIV? Provided that they even know how to <laughs> communicate yeah. with this person. No, I don't think right. so. This is one of the reasons why we can't have on the books uh, certain laws about transmission, mm-hmm. because we don't want to put a victim in the place of violator. Yeah. Like you violated my consent. Yeah. Now I've caused you damage. You can't sue me because no. you know. It's like the it's like the the robber that injures himself in the house that he's robbing and then yeah. sues the homeowner. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, dude, it's exactly stay out of people's houses yeah. and you won't get hurt. <laughs> Your body is a house. It's a reasonable analogy. It's yeah. a temple. It's my yeah, body's a temple. It's true. I like the accent. Sexy temple. (laughs) Let me, uh, I want to bring up one thing I was reading about this. uh, There's a lot of talk about the non-consensual condom removal. Stealthing. Yeah, stealthing. What's that? uh, This is men who are uh, mid-sexual act to remove the condom without telling a woman and then continue. So is oh. is this rape? Is it a shade below rape? Uh, you know, what what are the laws that are in place or becoming t- in place to deal with this? Because this is obviously very serious. It's a very serious thing. This is not good to yeah. do. It's also infinitely more complex than that uh, as far as the techniques. Mm-hmm. So the mainstream media published the hell out of this uh, academic 28-page report on this concept of stealthing. And... 
they specifically did not report the techniques. I had to dig real deep to find the the archived techniques because they've been deleted off the internet. In my head, the technique is just pull out, take it off, put it back in. What what else? <laughs> yeah, what else do you do? What are the techniques? Okay, let's list them. Well, real fast. should we be educating? <laughs> right. Well, we should yeah, be maybe actually. Don't tell people. Well, actually, we should be educating women so that they yeah they can, can recognize. Hey, it. hey, hey! I know that trick. Yeah. Don't you're, do that. You're you're on it. So I, let's do it. I'm convinced. Yeah. When I when I went to go republish some of these techniques, to, so we can say, hey, be careful. I had to think about that. It's like, am I teaching the world how to do them? Mm-hmm. Am I now somehow responsible? Do I have to take some responsibility? It's kind of like uh, teaching people how to build a bomb. Right. I mean, they're still, they're the ones that built the bomb. Right. We can learn uh, nuclear physics in school. But, but to pass around uranium. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the techniques is to degrade the quality of the condom by all the means that say on the things of do not do. Like, don't put it in your pocket for a year. Don't leave it oh. in your car glove box for so a wait, long So wait, so let me ask, so is the point, like, the, is the reason men do this because they're trying to get a woman pregnant? Or, like, why would, or is it just because... just pleasure. Just right. pleasure. Men don't, you know... They don't care. It's so much worse. Mm-hmm. It's what male it? supremacy. Oh, they just want to do it? They want... They believe it's their entitled right as manhood. Okay. And it, and a lot of these techniques Who were actually like that? yeah what I am I, man I, I am man I deserve I'm superior to all females. <laughs> no protection. Well, y- you guys are already making a mistake here. It was largely about men on men. It was largely in the oh. gay community, oh, I and they were calling it top per- supremacy. Mm-hmm. So like bottoms don't have the right to resist this stuff. Oh, I see. And but the, but and there's a bunch of techniques. So degrading the oh okay so it, I was thinking pleasure and I was thinking if you're degrading the quality of the condom you're still wearing the condom yep. and thus it doesn't affect your so that's even worse. I and mean, and it, it includes uh, pinprick holes. Wow. So you wear the condom but there's a pinprick. It includes like secretly ripping off the tip. That way, if they go to feel back, they still feel the base of the condom, Weird. but the tip is gone. There's there's this litany of different Jeez. techniques, and and it and it matters because it influences how we think of it. You know, it's it's so obvious that a lot of men complain, oh, it feels better without the condom, but pinprick your condom and then wear it. It's not about pleasure. Yeah, anymore. that's yeah, no it's longer. About, yeah. yeah, something else. I would never have guessed that. I, t- in my head, it did not go beyond pleasure. It was just a yeah. man going, "Well, I don't want to wear a condom," and and that's it. It's that's, I have a right to inseminate you. It's a strange. This is some like Third Reich kind of. What <laughs> yeah, is, well, that's, that's crazy. Just bizarre. The rise of the alt right and the rise against this kind of stuff is uh, so one one tip at least if if w- that could be passed along would be if you are a man or a woman that is being penetrated in a sexual act that you should provide the condom. Oh. Or at least you you know what I mean. Yeah. If if you know the quality of your condoms, then then that's at least one thing that somebody could do, right? It's a trust issue for sure because either person could degrade the quality of the condom. Are you going to go hand in hand, go to the store, buy the condom? I mean, talk. About, you were talking about how unsexy it might be to ask permission. Yeah, it might be really unsexy. Right. So like, can we go sh- condom shopping together? I don't. I <laughs> don't. I don't trust your condom. Right. We really need to go buy a fresh one together and talk about it for an hour. Because that's how long I've it's going to take. I've gone to Planned Parenthood. They give you like not a condom, not five condoms. They give you like. 50 condoms i'm like what do you think i'm gonna do with all these there's like like i have a bag of condoms (laughs) like 50 condoms that's just you they they just looked you up and down they're like give give her the she needs a lot give her the mega pack (laughs) we know this type i I keep finding usages for condoms no scarcity of condoms is what i'm saying These microphones are covered in condoms right yeah, now. Right. Oh, I'm surprised you guys just noticed. I just wanted to use them for something. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your life hack condom <laughs> uses? Oh yeah, can't you? Yeah, there are a bunch of uses, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, even just always putting them on toys. You know, if you're using a butt plug, it's way easier to throw away the condom than have to worry about is the toy itself getting contaminated. You know, mm-hmm. just a simple rinse after that. But if it's you have to worry about the porous materials and all that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything can be a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> a ninja star. <laughs> facts are facts. <laughs> 
Uh, I wanted to talk also a little bit about victim blaming. And, you know, yeah. I think we touched on it earlier, this yeah. idea of like, well, when you're wearing that outfit, girl, yeah, you know, you're asking, asking for it. How can we address that? I feel like that's just the most bogus way to rationalize consent violation. Mm-hmm. I like to first start with nudist colonies. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about a lot of violations in nudist camps. Yeah, that's a good point. And you're naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, that's not like an invitation. I mean, because you're naked. Right. I tend to be a little bold with my body and walk around in skimpy outfits sometimes, sometimes just my underwear. I'm certainly not asking for it. So yeah. I, I relate. And, and yet I do, I do get grabbed. I do get groped sometimes. And I tend to call it out instantly. But I'm also not fearful of reprisal. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not afraid that someone's going to beat me up because I said, hey, don't touch my butt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think privilege is part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like trickier to speak up if you're afraid for your physical safety. Yeah, which is just m- systemic of the patriarchy in general. Uh, just a, a male, a, a, a society that that perceives male dominance as as legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get into relativism, though, when it comes to uh, eye contact. Mm-hmm. And then now we can talk about the victim blaming thing. So say, say that you are a go-go dancer up on a platform. Mm-hmm. In so many ways, you've given implicit consent to, to stare at you. At, yeah. yeah. And you can just sit there and stare at that go-go dancer. But yeah. there's a point where it gets uncomfortable. Just like dead stare in the eyes for an hour <laughs> right <laughs> in front of the platform. At some point... They didn't really consent to that much eye contact. Yeah. That's tough, though. I, I would be more on the side of y- I, it just in general, not even a go-go dancer. I feel like you can look at whatever you want in a public space. Yeah. You know, this is coming from someone who I, I, I'm very I'm mild mannered and I'm not ever inappropriate with women in public. I've never like shouted anything at a woman or anything like that. But if there's a very attractive woman in a public place, I look and, and possibly for what other people might say is too long but you know if i'm going to watch a woman say cross a a room or cross a public space i mean you know i I don't want her to to see me staring but like (laughs) i'm you know look you're we're all here like illegal to look exactly right i I mean the law is not the final arbiter of any of this though well yeah i mean obviously you don't want to i mean that's not normal to stare at anything for that long but at the same time you it's not like Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's the, it, I do agree that it's your right to look at whatever you want in right. a public place. Yeah. But now let's take a picture in a public place, which is fully legal. You can take oh, pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is it really consensual to take that picture when she doesn't know you're taking it? Mm. So while it may be legal, mm-hmm. it might no. still be non-consensual. But and now it's take, permanent. Yeah, that's true. And now you put it on the Internet. Mm-hmm. But that's different than looking. You're it's using true, yeah. just I your don't, eyes. I don't do any pictures. Versus <laughs> pictures. The only difference is time. Mm-hmm. No, but documenting it, that's an official, you're documenting it. So right. that's not really about time. It's about your, ha- and then you have a physical. It's available for others to experience. Y- yeah. My, my brief moment of staring is, is only for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think it's very different taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Photographers debate this one real hard, especially when they're into taking candid photos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, now you're like, now everybody's doing stories all the time. So you're constantly like an extra in someone else's story without the without <laughs> having consent this like if like someone's doing yeah if someone instagram uh, thing or something yeah, like, i don't keep up with this stuff constantly have like you're def- you're constantly in other people's things without your consent and we're very quick to victim blame in this situation yeah. um victim blaming often happens from reasonable people uh in these scenarios like you're in public thus you consented mm. but what if the shot is kind of upskirt Mm. You know, what if it's down into the cleavage? Well, you've got the cleavage on display. So have you consented to a close-up photo of your cleavage? No. You know, where do, where does this end? You and know? what is the purpose of the documentation? Is it is it pornographic or is it documentary? Rela- like, you know, does that factor into it? What are you going to do with this? And if it's not illegal, how can you stop it? There's no, there's no right. recourse if there's no law, mm-hmm. which is the... the terribleness of relativism is that you can't codify it it's specifically fluid and largely up to feelings mm-hmm. it's like well yeah what if somebody says sure that's fine 
I don't care if there's pictures of my cleavage. I want people to stare. But somebody else does and care. Somebody else does care. So where is the law at with all of this? Is there anything that, that the law is catching up with right now? Or is there anything controversial right now that, that is changing in terms of law regarding consent or any of these issues? I think most recently the case in North Carolina, which has been going viral recently, where once you have penetrated a woman, she can't say no. You can continue until the sex act is over. That's new law. New what, what is this? What if you sting? What if you sting? Well, it's interpretation. <laughs> the tantric mm, sex yeah. for four hours. He's like, nope, you said it could. Wait, say that again. What okay, was so <clears throat> so it's not a law. It's an interpretation of existing law. So mm-hmm. it's so it's uh, judicial precedent. Is that once let's okay let's make a clear example. Mm-hmm. If I put a condom on and I have consensual sex with a woman and I am inside her, once we get to that point, she has consented for the duration of the experience. Oh, she can't stop it in the she middle? She can't stop it, and if she tries to stop it and I continue, oh well. That's really? not illegal. Weird. That See, is, I, I don't like that I at all. I don't like that because either. Because you can right. then you begin should. some bizarre, like, or just, or even just too hard, you know, yeah, can become some, painful. Yeah, exactly. If someone says stop, you yeah. should... Have to stop. That needs to be. Yes, yeah. That needs it, to be illegal. It yeah. seems so obvious to yeah. us, you know, and and yet there's all these people that are in support of this. Mm-hmm. Weird. And and you know you've got Planned Parenthood, which is popularizing the phrase, the acronym fries. So freely given is the F. Mm-hmm. R is reversible, which a lot of people take issue with, but that's what we just talked about, right? Where she gave consent, and now she's reversing it in the moment of the act. Uh, because consent is in the moment, or mm. or it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got freely given, reversible, informed. You got to understand what you're consenting to. Um, uh, the E is now I'm blanking. Freely given, reversible, informed. There's a problem with acronyms. You know? Yeah. <laughs> They're meant to simplify things, but then... Uh, <laughs> it makes it more complicated. It's so hard. Got it. E is enthusiastic. Uh. Oh, you have to be enthusiastic? Enth- yeah, you can't just say, hey, would you like to do a thing? Uh, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> By law, women I must go, guess. yes, please. Yeah. Well, in please. California, yes. and these laws differ by states, it's the yes means yes law, mm-hmm. which it used to be no means no. Mm-hmm. So that means the difference between... Uh, uh, it's no until yes. Permitted until mm-hmm. forbidden versus forbidden until, until permitted. permitted. I'd say the latter is much safer. It is. Yes. Uh, so that's the enthusiastic part. And then the S is specific. So a specific moment, a specific time, a specific act. Specific orifice. <laughs> right. May I have sex with you might not mean anal. Right. <laughs> and most of us would Probably, assume that it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Without now, being specific. It's very interesting, though, because this, uh, and then it does become a slip, slippery slope. What can we say about, say, for example, somebody that gives initial consent, but then rescinds the consent or at least means to maybe doesn't communicate that properly and then you have an issue which is uh, the nightmare of a lot of people a lot of men where sort of uh after the fact a woman claims that consent was violated or claims that rape has occurred when in fact there was just no communication possible for that to have come across to that person there was a case recently where where a man sued his former partner for 1.5 million dollars Whoa. Because of that kind of scenario where she claimed coercion, basically, mm-hmm. that things happened. Uh, she was not able to really speak up about it or really resist it in the moment. And now he's claiming that she has damaged his reputation irreparably. Mm. So he's suing her for that, which he just damaged himself wow. by suing a partner for 1.5 mil. Like, that's mm-hmm. a crazy number. Mm-hmm. Wait, he's saying that he didn't have like she didn't have consent or he didn't have consent everybody's agreeing that the sex act happened mm-hmm. which included threesomes oh what's being disputed is is that one of the female partners is saying that she did not consent that there was coercion oh i see and he's saying well it seemed like there was consent uh-huh okay and so this is a example of what mm-hmm. you're talking about where where one party believes that, well, I thought I had consent. Yeah, how do you prove that? How do you prove if That's someone tough. really believes they had consent, how do you prove, no, you didn't have consent? Like, what, what are the facts that they need? 
when it comes to proof, the main thing you can it's prove hard. is whether uh, a thing took place, an action took place. Uh-huh. Proving the mind, the mind of each person, yeah. it's beyond. Can't be done. It's beyond he said, she said if no words were said. It's usually right. just those people. There's no witness, and that's why so many people don't get caught, right, or don't. I've been or or get accused falsely. Or there's yeah, bo- both sides. It, yeah, because only yeah. T- yeah Are, is is the is uh is the law t- does the law prefer one gender of another? Does it tend to be more lenient towards one or the other in such vague cases? You have to get intersectional if you're going to ask that question right. because it's not just gender; it's definitely race and it's definitely age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it's a situation where it's a 25 year old black man. And a thirty-five-year-old white woman, you're going to see some some leaning yeah. in that direction. Uh, you, know, you know, unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way. It should be more neutral. And, and there are differences by state. Uh, for example, some states do not allow men to claim violation at all. Really. And so, mm-hmm. in that way, the law is not in their favor. In the mm. sense that, if a man is a victim, they're not a victim. Be, be that with a woman or a man. Yeah, doesn't matter. Really. Who the, yeah. So basically, that in that state, m- men can rape each other, and it's totally <laughs> yeah. fine. right. Or, or like specifically, weird. I looked up the laws regarding nipples because I hate my nipples to be touched. But people give me titty twisters, and I hate it. And this is a violation of my consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, strangers, friends, lovers—it's—it's it's happened on numerous occasions. <laughs> there are certain states where it's an actual sexual assault. That's how wow. it's labeled. And other states where it's just not. No different than pinching my shoulder, mm-hmm. which is still technically assault, but no one cares. No yeah. one enforces that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's about where that line is, where you feel justified in being vocal about it. I have another question. Oh, sorry. Finish that thought, though. No. Yeah, just finishing about law. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, and the only way that you can really answer these questions is locally, within mm-hmm. your state, within mm-hmm. your county, within your city, with a lawyer that knows the laws of where you are, because yeah. they differ wildly. It's not just federal law. Mm-hmm. How does intoxication play into consent? Yeah. Like if both parties, you know, took drugs or something and that, you know, shifted people's choice making or, you know. When what what mental states are, yeah, are you or are you not capable of giving consent? Is that yeah, something that we can I'm really determine objectively? In. With drugs, are we including alcohol? Absolutely. Yeah, or yeah, like any any sort of drugs. Are we including that impair your judgment? Prescription jug, drugs? Yeah. Anything, yeah. Okay. Well, they they differ by subculture and they differ legally. Most most states when it talks about substances impacting the ability to consent are on the side of the survivor here of saying, well, if this person was too drunk to drive, you know, intoxicated, then they cannot consent. In a similar way, if you are blitzed out of your head, you can't sign a contract. The contract can mm. be invalidated. Oh, really? If they can, if you can, if prove. They can prove that you were intoxicated at the at the signing of it. That's wow. good. That's good to know. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. So say, so say, two people engage in 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 sexual act intoxicated. But the fe- the woman, let's just say the woman in this case, says yes, di- well intoxicated. Is that illegal though? That uh, if, even if they said yes, is it like? Are you saying you can't? It, it never means anything if someone right. gives consent is intoxicated. It then, is it then legal to yeah, can later she rescind then be the like, consent? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. In California, if you're intoxicated, you can't consent legally. Wow. Mm-hmm. Also bear in mind that as a BDSM practitioner and performer who is the one topping and dominating, no one can legally consent to being struck by me in this state. Mm-hmm. Impact, if I spank you, you can't actually consent to that legally, which means that if you go to the police and say, Rye hit you, the police should be supporting you according to those laws. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And it doesn't matter that you said yes. Oddly enough, really? though... In the boxing ring, in the MMA, you can consent to punching each other in the face, and <laughs> and there's not going to be any legal. You just have issue. to be in right mind while you consent to getting beaten up. That's right. When yeah. you sign the contracts, when you make the oral agreement, you mm-hmm. have to be in right mind. 
but but it's there's the, the law is very complicated yeah. and, it, and it's not it's not the best fallback for understanding any of this right it seems right. like there's tremendous risk associated with say you know your your position what you're talking about and and really just in general having intoxicated sexual activity yeah. but that's also saying like any any woman that's that's with a man well intoxicated who se- supposedly consented to it or two men um that that later they could technically say they were raped right they could right even though they consented at the time because but because they were intoxicated it but how is the other party supposed to know right. the level of intoxication of the other party and and how does that fly in a court of law is there yeah. precedent for that it's so there's lots of different precedents mm-hmm. on either side yeah, yeah it's complicated we we can get into some more acronyms too here um, <laughs> I love acronyms. you know we never can get enough in, acronyms right <laughs> we, the old the old way of saying when it came to bdsm specifically was safe sane and consensual some people want to put another s on there and put sober right um uh, Isn't sane? Doesn't sane kind of cover that a little bit? Like you're in your right mind? No, no, s- no. Sane, oh. sane is usually about seeing an just act as not sane. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought it meant more just yeah, you're, like just you're not insane. like if you're schizophrenic, <laughs> you can never consent to sex that's, ever. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> me- mental health is a big thing yeah. here yeah. too. You know, if if you have a major mental disorder or prote- or perhaps uh, other mental issues, um, maybe you're legally defined as mentally handicapped can Mm. you consent Mm -hmm. you know you're 35 years old but you're mentally handicapped so you're Mm. the mentality of a seven-year-old right Uh, age too at what age can someone be considered to be capable of giving consent which also differs by state 18 is that where we draw the line or what is it it differs by state and there's a bit of variation based on the perpetrator's age oh so if you are 17 and your perpetrator's 40, that's one thing. But if you're 17 and the perpetrator's 20, mm. a lot of laws have a three-year window where it's mm. cool. Even when they're 17, underage? Yeah, it could be even, it could be even lower. So if you're mm. 18, but the, the person complaining is 15, there are some states where that's perfectly legal. Mm. Or let's say you're both 15, but now you're both 12, and what's the law there? Yeah. Now, you, now you're both three. You know, we're going to prosecute a toddler. Yeah. Uh, where Nur- is it? Nursery crimes. Right. Well, it's it's not uncommon for children to diddle to each other. To explore and, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, especially for young girls, I, I've heard, just sort of finding the clitoris yeah, for the first time. I remember making out with a, another girl when I was like five. Wow, full on. Yeah, full on making out. When I was six, <laughs> when I was six, me and my best friend would swap with two sisters. Mm-hmm. And we would, mm. all the four of us would all make out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think children are sexual, actually. Where, where were the, I didn't, and there, no kids wanted to make out with me when I was in <laughs> elementary school. I mean, what so am I, making Chuck out with people's liver? moms. You obviously, <laughs> you obviously had cooties, Dave. I had, I was rife with cooties. Now I have legit cooties. <laughs> I wonder, I think one of the main problems we have as a society is we tend to, uh, we're just not having enough open discussion about, uh, I mean, certainly about all 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 of these different details and variations regarding consent, but just also sex in general and all of the stigmatization about different sexual identities and gender identities. How can we open this up? How can we get people into a safer place where we can talk about all this stuff. Let's start with non-sexual consent from birth. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us pressure children to give hugs. It's a questionable thing to do to teach them that they can't say no to hugs. Mm-hmm. Mm. That they can't, oh, kiss your granny. Mm. I, I don't want to kiss granny. Kiss right. the granny. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't so much. <laughs> and not that I didn't like her, but I just didn't like kissing yet. But did you get the pressure to do so? Oh. Uh, not strong, uh, but 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 you're right that there's sort of just this is what we do. I think society falls prey a lot to the thinking of well, this is just what we do, whether it's relationship paradigms or sexual identities mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I would love to find ways to kind of undermine the way we just psychologically fall back on these defaults that have been prescribed to us. I think a lot of it comes down to the person being rejected too. Mm-hmm. And, and learning to to celebrate rejection like oh thank you for rejecting me that mm. was great i'm so proud of you 
Mm-hmm. I'm oh, so, so glad you did that. Or at the very least, that's just fine. Yeah, right? no problem. It's right. all good. Yeah. Oh, the, you want a high five instead? You know, you, yeah. offering alternatives. Right. Oh, you don't want to be hugged. Okay, how about a high five? Yeah. No high five? That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. How about a smile? Oh, you don't want to smile? Okay. Yeah. See you later. That would be a great start because I feel like if young people were familiar with that, then we wouldn't get quite as much of this attitude of like men who are see a woman and just are, are all they're just, oh you're so great you're so beautiful can will you please go out with me and then when they're rejected they just turn that 180 you know bitch and oh you're you know and just you're have, ugly anyway yeah you're, it's <laughs> but th- that is that kind of toxicity that we really need to to address and I, I I do like what you just said about that it, starting with the hugs and the high fives and getting that mentality of everybody can consent to whatever they want you know yeah yeah we're 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 getting into personal responsibility and risk and encouraging people to say no yeah what is what does that look like to encourage no right Mm -hmm. and i also think like from the female perspective it's like you know i think i was brought up wanting people to like me and wanting to be accepted and i think a lot of that goes into you know like not not doing things I don't feel comfortable, but sometimes, yeah, giving hugs where it's like I don't really know the person or like not saying no when I want to say no because I feel like, oh, it's more important that they like me. Yeah. You know, so maybe putting that lower on the priority list and more about, you know, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What's what's going to make you feel good about yourself? It brings it back to that Jerry Seinfeld Kesha moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. You know, you don't have to do that. That's a great teachable moment. Yeah, yeah, and and the media was mixed on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of made him seem a little bit like a jerk, but at the same time, there was nothing wrong in his behavior. You know, like there wasn't anything, you know. Especially (sighs) the way he talked about it immediately after the fact. If he was like, I don't give a shit who that is. He was just like, oh, I I wish her well, you know. But people go on autopilot with a lot of (laughs) things. People are just on autopilot with conversations a lot of the time with interactions so i think if people are more mindful in general with Mm -hmm. just the way they live their lives i think that will help like you don't just automatically do things you don't just automatically hug or automatically you know it's universal more thoughtful yeah just being i think thinking more do i want you know is this person someone i want in my space or Mm -hmm. in my life i think there's a lot of nostalgia for an earlier simpler time <laughs> when everything well, there were was no gays no internet yeah. poc didn't matter no right <laughs> there were only white straight good americans the nice 50s the glorious 50s when everyone knew their neighbor and said hello with a smile and a wave mm-hmm. and then lynched other people yeah then every all the darkness was basically just suppressed but yes. it was still really there yes. like all the oh yeah and of course, if you didn't smile and wave back, well, what kind of terrible person are you? I'm just being right. nice. Yeah, bad, exactly. Bad Christian. Yeah, yeah. Which is the the flip you're talking about of like, yeah, yeah. I, I my intent was to bring joy to you and me, and now you've ruined it. If your joy <laughs> is <laughs> no, not my horrible. joy, yeah. yeah, we must all have the same joy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what, where do you where do you think you've you've got to here, Eric, about the about the absolutism and the and the relativism and what do you think? Um, did, are you talking about coming to a conclusion? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, is there something we can take away? Is it as simple as... I mean, it's. I think it's just very complicated. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors that go, that are involved, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of it's just reliant on people's own intuition, which isn't always... Always sound. ...reliable, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides of the mm-hmm. argument. So I'm not sure... Um, I'm not sure what my conclusion is as far as how to, you know, how to, how to make everything perfect immediately. Yeah. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to make the Why world Why can't perfect. you solve the world right now? Yeah. I mean, what I guess a- communication, I guess the things that you guys mo- talked yeah. about the most was communication and Open just making discourse. sure everybody's on the same page and hope something. that the law will follow. Always a little late, but you know, yeah, the eventually. Laws confuse the confusing part about it. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing from you is nuance, yeah, yeah, and so the simplicity There's of typical absolutism versus the, the, yeah. the, 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 the fluidity of relativism, and then you're talking about nuance. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's the difference between relativism and nuance? Isn't it the same thing? 
No, it's it's a little different in that relativism basically means that, well, this... You want to describe it? Well, I don't know. Maybe w- where I would end up is that it, it, as we're seeing that relativism so frequently ends up with unanswerables mm. and the absolutism clearly can't cover everything, yeah. that maybe the nuance is in the middle where we have to sort of rely. That's why discourse is important because yeah. with the absolutism, you're going to get it wrong at some point. You're going to end up with these gray areas of inebriation things. But uh, we did mention at least three things probably in this conversation with the relativism where it's like, where's the line? Shit. You, no one know. knows. Yeah. You know? So it does open up a lot of a lot of room for things that people need to talk about. Everybody can sort of bring their own personal stories. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the first half of the century, w- century where we figure out <laughs> a lot of this stuff. Also, there's a huge difference between the law versus morality. Sure. You know, it's like what's right and wrong, you know just in life versus what are you going to get caught for? You know, those are two different things. Ideally they align as much as possible, but yeah, it is going to be Yeah, The punishment is different. You're Mm -hmm. not going to maybe get in trouble with the law, but at the same time you're not acting appropriately. So, right. And, and I think in that sense, law is absolutism. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And then it's up to enforcement, which is relativism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps out of necessity. We sort of need this framework. Otherwise, where are we going to get, you know, we're going to have nowhere to start. But, uh, yeah. Just try to be a good person, you guys. That's that's (laughs) it. Don't be a jerk. Be quick quick to apologize because we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And and when when you make a mistake, because it's when, not if, Mm -hmm. just just say you're sorry for a start. And don't rape. Yes. That's Try a good not rule of to thumb. break into people's houses. Yes. In general, whether, uh, yeah. <laughs> whether we're talking a temple. or literally. Just, yeah, none of that. None of that stuff. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I learned a lot, actually. Yeah, that I actually really learned fun. a lot from yeah. you guys. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks to you guys. Thanks for everyone listening. See you next time.